Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about our friends at the Empanadas Box. The Empanadas Box is a small, family-owned restaurant owned by natives of Buenos Aires, Argentina, and they have Argentine-style empanadas with 22 other globally-inspired flavors available every single day. Looking for a suggestion? Well, how about the Oktoberfest empanada with bratwurst from LK Sausage? It also has cabbage, carrots, onion, and mustard that is only available in the month of September. Their empanadas are available for dine-in and carry-out, but the pro move here is to get a box of frozen ones to take home. You can also find them in your favorite food delivery app. You can check them out online at theempanadasbox.com or check the link down in the description. You can find more information there, including information on their catering options for lunches, parties, and more. And a special offer to listeners of the Postcast, well, they're offering 10% off your order at their Covington, Kentucky location if you mention the Postcast at checkout. They're at 212 West Pike Street in Covington, and I am happy to report that the staff there are incredibly nice and the Food is top notch. If you've been listening to the postcast, you know we've been talking these guys up well before they were a sponsor of the postcast. So again, special thanks to the Empanadas Box. Incredible folks there. And if you go to their Covington, Kentucky location, they'll get you 10% off for mentioning the postcast. And on this episode of the postcast, well, we're going to go back through that Orlando City loss. Look, it was FC Cincinnati's first home loss, and maybe there's something to take out of this looking forward for the rest of the season. All hope is not lost. It was a brutal loss. It was a very, very frustrating game. However, look... The only way to get over this is to get through this, so let's jump in. It's just a one-parter, folks. We're diving in. This is going to be your postcast. talk about all of that and more are two gentlemen that I dragged out of bed to record the morning after the Orlando loss joined by Chief joined by Grayson Chief is it too early to be talking about a loss I mean it's always too early to be talking about a loss (laughs) Fair, fair I mean it's not what you want to roll out of bed to we'll put it that way there are some mornings where you roll out of bed and you've got some pep in your step I'm eager to go online and read all the takes from the night before. Um, today's not like that. No, I don't know about you guys, but like after a loss from one of my sports teams, I kind of go into zero dark 30 mode. I avoid this is especially true. Like with the, with the Buccaneers, I avoid yeah. all coverage the next day. Like if I see ESPN on at the gym or something, I look the other way because I don't want to see anything that's going to remind me of my anger at what happened the day before. But if they win, I'm listening to all the podcasts. I'm downloading all the content. I'm reading the power rankings. I read the game recaps. I want to know fucking everything. You can't put enough content <laughs> in front of me after a win. So waking up early to talk about a loss. This is it's not really my thing, man. 
<laughs> Not really my thing. Yeah, Chief, please don't tell people to follow your example, though. They should absolutely be downloading this podcast on as many yes, devices yes, as and they tell, own. And tell your, tell your friends. Sometimes yes. it's more therapeutic after a while. Sometimes <laughs> That's what we're here for. And if you have other FCC friends, family, you know, go out there, share the episode. There's never a better time. You can tell the people who are true fans by the ones that smash that like and retweet button on the tweet after a loss. Anyone can be with us. (laughs) Anyone can be a fan after a win. It takes a special fan to share the tweet and share the podcast after a loss. So are you a real fan or not? I guess we'll find out. I, I absolutely love it. And Grayson... I I only have one question for you. If there is a empanada that you could drown your sorrows in, what what would it be? <laughs> um so that's a tough one because there's so many good empanadas out there. And I'm I'm tempted to say, well, let's return to the Cincy Chili. Ooh, yeah. But what I'm thinking is what if they had like a caprese empanada? Okay. Yeah, you know, like it's a kind of like a fresh uh, taste to it. Okay. With the basil and the good the good mozzarella, and I think that's what we need. We need a fresh start after a two week break. What if I told you they had a capri? empanada that was tomato mozzarella parmesan fresh basil and oregano it sounds delicious uh, it sounds delicious <laughs> i'm ready to start drowning my sorrows over this loss right now let's do it <laughs> do, they, do they really have that i'm reading it off their menu right now <laughs> well, you can get an eight pack for a four dollar discount <laughs> See, this is the problem with er- recording early in the morning is now i want an empanada and they're not open right now because it's too damn early well, if they did open early, you could order the OTR breakfast or the apple, which caught my eye, which is green apple, brown sugar, and cinnamon with raisins. So. That sounds really good. <laughs> Damn it, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm just glad that we managed to talk ourselves into a sponsor. That is a real thing that happened, and I am very impressed by all of our, I'll call it hard work, but we all know it wasn't. And um, yeah, welcome Empanadas Box to the to the Postcast family, um, sponsoring, ideally, hopefully, this episode, uh, assuming they like the ad read I, I give them. If not, <laughs> I will have to cut all of this. <laughs> yeah, leave it in, the hell with it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. We'll, we'll dial in the, uh, the copy eventually. It's all content. <laughs> oh my gosh no but we are we are here we are gathered here in a lot of ways to discuss the end of fc cincinnati's home undefeated streak the i mean the the incredible season is over or or something no a, a tough loss to orlando one nothing at home it does put the first blemish on the home uh <clears throat> the home record in all competitions because i am a knockout round truther and yeah it was a tough game this was a uh, this was an annoying game i think going into it i was maybe too confident i don't know how the rest of you felt orlando turns out Third place in the East, pretty good team. Coach with a long, successful pedigree in MLS. Uh, maybe we should have thought this was going to be a little harder. <laughs> I, I think there's some truth to that. Um, and like my top line takeaway from this game 
before we dive really deeply into it is number one, the sky is not falling. This team was not going to go undefeated at home. I wanted them to, but just there was going to be a blemish at some point. That's just the way it always is. Um, Even if you're a truther and don't believe that when another team celebrates on your field, that's a loss. (laughs) So from that standpoint, we've already seen this twice already. You've walked out of TQL Stadium disappointed this season before. It's going to happen again. But Orlando is very good. And we saw this earlier in the year where we played them to a nil-nil draw in Orlando. They're a tough team to break down. They play a deeply cynical brand of football, the likes of which you usually don't see unless we're playing NYCFC or the Red Bulls, to be honest. Yeah. And if there's a positive to be taken from this game, it's that this is the exact type of a game that you see teams play on the road in the playoffs. We saw this against Nashville when we lost in the League's Cup. We're seeing it again now. This team has had two educations recently in what you have to do to win a game where the opponent shows up playing for one goal and playing cynical, defensive, bunkering football. And they've got two months, September and October, to figure out what the hell to do with teams like this. And they better figure it out because they will not last long in MLS Cup playoffs if they don't come up with a better play style and better strategy than they have employed against Nashville in the League's Cup and Orlando in this game. So from that standpoint, hopefully a learning experience, even though we all walked out again. If you were like me, walked out a little pissed off from this game. Grayson, what do we make uh, of the fact, maybe even culturally, that New York Red Bulls, New York City FC, and Orlando are essentially the only shithousing teams in the league? Every team can do this, but like, why is it these teams? I do think that there's like a cultural affinity between New Jersey and Orlando. Yeah. Um, I think like a, like a particular kind of person uh, resides <laughs> in both places and enjoys both places, but I also think that it's it's the fact that one way to win win an MLS if you're not going to really spend money is to play cynically because even teams that do spend yeah um you know they can only they can only create so much of a gap mm-hmm. and so yeah I mean Orlando not a big spender. The New York teams kind of infamously not very ambitious teams when it comes to spending and trying to trying to play soccer, although <laughs> NYCFC although NYCFC does at least seem to build a team that is good in, let's say, small outfield size spaces. Yeah, but, a futsal team, as it were. Yeah, right. I'm just confused <laughs> that I was always under the impression when I lived in Florida that the New York New York didn't come to Florida until the winter time, and we're in the dead of summer. And New York is the New York culture is down in Florida right now. I they shouldn't yeah. be arriving until like December. That's not fair. You know what they say? <laughs> if uh, if if the New Yorker will not come to Florida, then Florida will come to the New Yorker. <laughs> Maybe the uh, the hurricane that just blew through mixed mixed everything up. And, uh, the only problem I with sh- this theory is that when you think of places you're likely to run into a New Yorker in Florida, you're thinking like, you know, Miami, West Palm, 
Tampa, yeah. Sarasota, Siesta Key. Ah, but you don't you, you don't hear a, a lot New of New Jersey Yorkers in. that want to. Oh, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. OK, so the New Yorkers, they all live on the coast and the Jerseyans. They have to go to Orlando because that's the only place they can afford to live. So, so New Jersey residents are like Gainesville, Orlando, Tallahassee. So a New, a New Jerseyan? New Jerseyite? New Jerseyer? New Jersey. Uh, so, New so Jersey. People from, so yeah, I agree. Like some people from like Manhattan, you know, you may find in uh, Miami, West Palm. Right. But folks from like New Jersey, Staten Island, uh, certain, certain parts of Long Island, that's like the meat of, uh, of, of, of Orlando right there. Like, yeah. I was looking for an apartment one time in an East Coast city, and um, the, the, the woman who was giving us the tour was also like the owner of of the apartment and she had a number of of uh of rentals in the same neighborhood and i looked her up and she had multiple um civil civil rights <laughs> complaints <laughs> against her under like the fair housing act and uh, nice she mentioned multiple times that she like really needed to get this rented because she was ready to like Go to her place in Orlando. <laughs> I mean, this, this I think that just she has all, she has multiple Reddit th Reddit threads. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sign. I love That's that. That's more indicative than the lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyone can get sued, but it takes a special kind of asshole to end up on Reddit. <laughs> Here's a real interesting thing. Do you know anyone from Orlando? Mm. I've never met anyone that was actually born in Orlando. I don't think anyone actually is born there. I think the hospitals have a zero birth rate. I just think that like <laughs> Orlando's population supply is replenished by people from elsewhere somehow making mistakes in life and ending up in Orlando. Nobody's from Orlando. It's like Paul Atreides. <laughs> He's not you don't you're not you, from Orlando. You become Orlando. You become of Orlando, right? Like the the sand gets into you. Right. Right? And you become one with Orlando. I am except, going except, to Except instead of getting like blue eyes yes. as a result of living in Orlando, you just end up with like a really shitty neck tattoo. <laughs> yeah, and a really it's, it's a really gross. worn out deep V. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the neck tattoo slowly goes up from like, you know, the business tat. It creeps up the neck. And when it reaches all the way to the ear, you get a lifetime pass to eat at any Darden Properties restaurant of your choice. Instead of getting like powers of precognition, you get like the ability to like drive better when you're drunk. <laughs> like like Johnny Damon. <laughs> he's not from Orlando, right? But he's from Orlando. Right, right. Right. What makes this so great is I think the only person in the American soccer landscape that I can think of that claims Orlando is Paul Tenorio. So that's pretty good. Like, why would you live in... Have you been to Orlando before? Why would you willingly choose to live and raise a family in Orlando? It's like the worst place in Florida. You are in Florida... Which means that you get all the negatives of Florida, which is, you know, it's fucking hot. 
There's bugs everywhere. Uh, you're frequently at risk for just giant storms blowing across your state and wrecking everything. But you're not you have no access to the beach. There's no real culture in Orlando. Like Orlando's culture is, hey, Disney World is right down the road. But otherwise, it's just this mess of chain restaurants, fast casual and that like that mid-level of chain restaurant, like at the Cheesecake Factory, yeah. where it's way too much fucking money to spend at a chain restaurant. But the food also doesn't justify the price in any way, shape or form. That's right. all Orlando is. You drive up and down the road. It's nothing but that. What What about that would be, oh, this seems like a great place. I want my kids to experience this culture, this vibrant economy and this vibrant scene of yeah. Applebee's <laughs> as far as the eye can see. This is the see, way I, I want to plant my flag. I love a restaurant where the menu is so, so long because it tells you that the people working in the kitchen there are just culinary experts, that they have mastered 15 different cultures and cuisines, that they can, you can spit out any random dish from any part of the world. And the folks back there, they know exactly how to cook it. And that's how you know it's a good kitchen. Cheesecake Factory, chief among them. So. Anyway, if you, if you ever just want to go to Orlando, I recommend just watching the Florida Project. Oh, it's really, I don't think I know this. Really, oh, it's a really good movie. Okay. Um, it's kind of kind of captures Orlando in a way that uh, okay. that 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 few have. Um, but even even that movie finds room for like a subplot about how much Brazilians love Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do think is how Orlando City became a team. So there was a Brazilian billionaire who bought the Austin USL franchise, the Aztecs, which was like a fantastic team name, relocated their franchise to Orlando, became Orlando City, and that is eventually what got promoted up. And that is why their first big money DP was Kaká at the very tail end of his career. They needed a big Brazilian to help justify everything. I mean, everybody does like link Brazilians to Orlando. Um, and I get it. Like, that's that does seem to be a real thing, <laughs> right? That that like like even like Brenner would like take his family to Orlando on to to Disney World on like every uh every like long break. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess they just love uh, you know, they love love. They love open mindedness. Um. They love uh, critical race when theory. Because when you think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> when you think about carnival season and just the debauchery and the vibrant and the party atmosphere, who doesn't think Orlando when they think that? <laughs> well, you, you can have like you can't experience like multiple different countries and cultures at the same place. In a magical place called Epcot. Yes, where everybody, all all races and cultures come together to share their love of a twenty dollar drink. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'll be there next week, so this is very exciting. <laughs> I will. Oh, not. <laughs> Kevin traveling to Orlando with his family. This is this is what a what a bookend to this conversation. Hey, technically, it's the. Unified corporate entity previously known as Reedy Creek, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else is sad, too, about the the, whenever we talk about Florida, that always makes me sad. I'm sad that the Florida Man account Twitter went away. Like, why did that guy stop that? It's really annoying. 
Is he on threads now? Is that what happened? Or maybe he ended up in jail, which would be a very fitting end to Florida Man. <laughs> right. There hasn't there hasn't been a new Florida Man tweet since April 30th of, of this year. Wow. Like, come on. I know there's more stuff going on in Florida. Maybe the, uh, the bath salts face-eating hunters that are out there finally got to him. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe they were kicked out because of woke. Oh, did Florida Man go woke? God, that'd be a tragic end to Florida Man, right? <laughs> you can't go woke. That's not how this works. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they just went woke. Maybe there's another account out there that's Florida assigned male at birth. <laughs> Come on, that's Florida Man fact. kills and dismembers Uber Eats driver. Oh man, don't do that. Florida <laughs> Man snatches woman's dog, slashes her tires, gets busted. Florida Man massacres thirty five snakes in a home raid. That's that's pretty good. In a home Florida man raid? arrested for stealing boat motor. Florida man goes you on should, rampage with machete. Florida man DUI snakes in your house. I'm going to put my foot down on this. How many snakes how many are appropriate? Snakes? Yeah, I think, I think more than one is inappropriate. If we're being honest, I could be talked into one, <laughs> but like even one. Come on, like like reptiles guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird guy. The, uh, I mean. Uh, I yeah. could s- private zoo in my basement. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to disparage any any listeners out there. I, look, listen. If you're a reptiles guy, I I want to understand you. <laughs> I want to study you like Jane Goodall. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand you. I don't mean this personally. I just maybe don't get it. But that said, more than one snake. Ugh. Like that sounds. This is like bat. This is like, this is like guy's a hero. <laughs> you find out somebody on your street has thirty five snakes. You got to take those out. <laughs> How much planning goes into the home raid? Was it impromptu? Did he have diagrams? <laughs> it's like I, uh, it's like an Ocean's Eleven thing. I've got like five different guys working at different cons so that we can get into the house to get at the reptiles. He's got like, owners' manuals of different aquariums. <laughs> like you should you should say like. Like Florida man kills thirty five snakes in home invasion. Uh, Awarded no hostages recovered. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> like just got to make like he was, you know he was looking. He was like, oh, this guy, this guy's got a crawl space. This guy's got a door somewhere that's got a little little hole in it that you slide trays through. All of like his trays, all of his hard drives are turned over to the authorities just in case. Yeah, these are good ideas. There are like certain kinds of people that like they should have to periodically Register. turn over their hard drives <laughs> to the state. Yeah. I'm okay if you want to be a snake person or a reptile person. I just think there probably has to be like a the government should get access to your home once a year just to make sure Full- that reptiles are the only thing going on. Just full transparency, you know, yeah. like a tr- yeah. like a charity, right? We need to see your documents <laughs> instead of the no fly list. It's it's the reptile list, and <laughs> these these people have just slightly harder things to jump through to get to get through society. Or I want it to go the exact opposite way, where there's absolutely no transparency that you can buy whatever reptile you want. And I want to live in the world where somebody brings this therapy alligator onto the aircraft just to find out like what happens. <laughs> if we can't, this is, this is my therapy snake on a here's plane. The, here's the problem. You can't prevent the guy with 35 snakes from buying guns. Okay. Okay. 
that would be a problem. So you have to regulate the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Chris Rock bullet theory, yes. <laughs> because I, I, I do want to know if the guy with 35 snakes is buying a gun. Like, it feels like something <laughs> everybody should know. I think you get a gun on your third snakes purchase. Like, that's the deal they run. I mean, definitely in Florida, I'm pretty certain that, yeah. like, as a result of recent legislation, you're required to own a snake and a gun if you live in Florida. <laughs> buy, buy four magazines, get one boa constrictor free. I think that's a good deal. What is the official snake of the state of Florida? Mm. Is it the boa constrictor where it slowly, like, squeezes the life out of you when you, li when you live with it? That is a great metaphor for Florida, if we're being honest. <laughs> I'll tell you who the who the uh, state snake of Ohio is, Jeff Birding. Get him! Wow! Get his get his wow. ass! Wow! <laughs> Where are we going to get our sources of information now, Kevin? Come on, Kevin! Kevin just served. <laughs> you won't hear that on another podcast. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, nobody has the courage to criticize <laughs> Jeff Birding. <laughs> Oh, God. Folks, the last time we saw 33 snakes in the same place was when we were touring the Ohio State House. Oh, waka hey! waka. <laughs> I hated the people we were on the tour with. Wait, no, no, wait, no. no. <laughs> Those are the only people we saw, to be clear. <laughs> um, let's talk Those about this people game. seemed fine. Spe yeah, speaking of... I did, want to, I did want to know their stories. Like what? What we were doing what it for content? Why were, yeah, why were you taking a state house tour on a Sunday afternoon, you goons? Like it, it really felt like they had all come to Columbus to do the state house tour. Yeah, which is it was it was it was Sunday. Yeah, there was like a hop two hop and street market fair things that we left or walked past on our way to the state house you could be doing that that looked fun <laughs> you could just not be in columbus look we yeah. were there for a soccer game <laughs> there's, there's many options on the table folks <laughs> oh. oh god okay well, let's of, talk about this speaking of yeah. something that slowly squeezed the life out of, speaking of something that slowly, <laughs> slowly squeezed the life out of us how about 11, that game last night? Eleven bow constructors, pro referees. Hey, got him! <laughs> got him! <laughs> Killed thirty-five snakes. So there were no pro referee survivors. Much like, much like a snake, Orlando City also excels at laying on the ground and writhing around, <laughs> playing dead occasionally. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I I didn't track the uh, the online discourse that closely last week. Was Acosta the snake or was Bupenza the snake? I think Acosta was the snake in that made up drama. Yeah, is that what was happening there? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, Acosta. I'm, I'm not following at all. No, Good. Acosta and Bupenza have beef with one another. Yeah. So that would make Acosta the snake because he's not going to pass to Bupenza. That's what it was. That whole yeah. nonsense. <laughs> they did that. pass back and forth a lot in the yeah. game. One would, one would almost suggest they were attempting to quash a narrative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did they pass back and forth too much? <laughs> Questions need to be asked. No. Uh, starting 11 for FC Cincinnati against Orlando. I was a little surprised, but Roman Solentano in goal. You had Ian Murphy, Matt Miazga. I was not Miazga. surprised by Solentano in goal. As, ex well, as okay. expected. 
<laughs> Roman Tolentano, especially after his uh, contract extension, as expected. Uh, Ian Murphy, Matt Miazga, Nick Haglin across the back line. Barrial out left. Arias on the right. Moreno, Wobodo, Acosta in the midfield with Sergio Santos up top instead of Brandon Vasquez. Was I foolish for thinking we might see Bupenza and or Mosquera in the lineup? This felt, this felt, uh... Like a surprise. I was going to say cowardly, but I guess it's not. They're coming no. back from injury. Our friend Carter Chapley certainly thinks you were foolish. Oh, okay. Excuse for, me. <laughs> for, for, for thinking that because I believe he said uh, it, was like, it, was like, it was like people shouldn't have expected to see Bupenza and Mascara in the lineup because uh, people are east in his subs before they, before they come back as, and play. But... Yeah. Yeah, except the problem with that is that, like, I get that from Mascara, because Mascara had been out for a yeah. while now. Yeah. It had been well in excess of a month since Mascara had played. But Penza picked up a quick knock and missed a midweek game. Oh, here mm. it is. Here it is. Ready? <clears throat> no one should be surprised Bupenza and Mascara are on the bench. Damn. Worked with the group, but the typical order of things is to get them in as a sub before a start. So, Kevin... <laughs> <laughs> he is calling you damn no one i yeah. am no one which is very fair i think <laughs> you're aria stark but i'm a, yeah, I'm a no one that's going to disney world next week so fuck yeah. you you a can't man, take that from me a man is surprised this no, <laughs> this no one's having a character breakfast with the kids how about that uh at chef mickey's on tuesday yes <laughs> that's a real thing yeah. um <laughs> postcast flash mob let's do it <laughs> you too can spend all of your life savings to show up at this breakfast um <laughs> so i i agree with you chief mascara sure makes sense i can understand that uh sergio santos for bupenza was a little weird because i agree i didn't think bupenza's entry was that much. I mean, they didn't feel the need to even disclose it last weekend. Uh, we only discovered it, uh, you know, moments before the match kicked off or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like center backs don't typically get eased in as subs. We did see it in this game, but I almost think that was more like game state needing to adapt to their attack rather than like, oh, we need to to get Mosquera some minutes before he's back with the team. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was that was foolish. But oh well it was foolish, excuse me. Carter right. Chapley explained it to You've me. You've been told. <laughs> <laughs> Stop persisting in your bullshit, Kevin. You were told you specifically. Know, my lived experience was that they should have been on the field. And I understand that they weren't, but like my favorite recent trend is his reporters around the team scolding people for being surprised about stuff that the reporters clearly knew about but didn't feel the need to report until after the fact as expected bupenza did not travel with the team picked up knock oh i'm sorry this literal tweet is the first i'm hearing about a potential injury like right. god damn I'm not there. No guys. one should be. No one should be surprised to discover Bruce Willis was dead the entire time. <laughs> Clearly, if you'd been paying attention, you would have noticed the multiple instances and hints that pointed to this very moment. No one should be surprised that somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> As expected, Palpatine has returned. Oh, you didn't play that one specific level of Fortnite? <laughs> 
<laughs> that really is how they revealed it, by the way, in case anybody did not know that. Um, God damn. Um, so yeah, so the game kicks off, and I tweeted this, and after the fact, boy, it looks sarcastic. I genuinely meant this. And about 25 minutes into this game, I thought we were in for a good game. Like, this was a back-and-forth game, two very good attacking teams, solid teams uh, that were, for the most part, in, uh, you know, in, in full strength there. And then, and then about 30 minutes... It feels like they they threw up whatever bat signal uh, college football started up. So I guess they put up like the poster board with the four cryptic symbols, one of which is designed to get them to go viral. And uh, yeah, they just decided to flop to time waste to open up their book of the uh, the dark arts and turn this into not a fun game. This became a slog. Wasn't it in like the 13th minute, though, or the 20th? When I guess maybe the twentieth. When when did Duncan McGuire get hurt and Galacy pretend to have a cramp so they could get a sub in? Thirty third minute is when the sub happens. Okay. So, so maybe yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, I guess it was. It was later than I thought. Like like one of the most transparent ever fake injuries, and like mm. it could not have been more obvious. The sub was up. They were waiting to get him in, and instead of conceding possession just kicking the ball out of bounds, get their sub in a cynical. The goalie just falls down off. Yeah. No contact off. Nothing going on completely outside the run of play. And by not doing anything about that, the officials then set the tone for the remainder of the game. Yeah, but I'm sorry. It's it's it, it couldn't have been more cynical because the keeper is the only player that when they go down, they do not have to go off. Even yeah. for the token, like, oh, uh, walk off, jog a little bit, and then run right back on. Yeah. That's, why is that not a card? Why is that not a yellow card for time wasting when the intent could not be more clear to get this sub on the field because you're playing down a man until play is stopped? Janssen should have got one as well later when uh, he pretended like he got hit in the head, but the mm -hmm. ball just kind of bounced past him. Yeah. Yep. And he... Like, and not only did the officials not do anything about the Galassi sit down, the other flops and simulations, but they went to VAR oh. to give Bupenza a yellow card. Yeah. When I've, I've, I've just rewatched it without commentary. So I didn't have somebody telling me why it, it seems fine. Um, I have no idea what was in that. Yeah, I it was so weird. Like, I don't think I've seen them go to VAR to review for violent conduct and go from a no call, nothing whistled to a yellow. Like, it feels like if you're going far enough to need to get a video review and you need an army of, of referees in Atlanta and the center ref to all come together to decide that, like, yeah, this was actually violent conduct that was missed. It should be a red. Like, if it's a yellow, you shouldn't call it. Like, they, that just seems insane to me. This, this, might might be like a, this might be a new thing that they're trying to focus on, because I think the same thing happened in maybe the NYCFC game earlier mm. that earlier yesterday. 
Um, I watched a bit of it, and I think that they went to VAR and gave a guy a yellow card after after looking at the monitor. Wow. I didn't think you could do that. Yeah. I didn't think that was a thing, because now theoretically... I mean, you can review for violent conduct, and then you can... Punish like, it, I suppose. Yeah. You can... You can make... And when you go to the monitor for an appropriate reason, you can call stuff that you see. Like, an example is... Um, in the Miami-Nashville game on Wednesday, um, there was a VAR for a handball, mm-hmm. but they were also able... So they, they said, okay, there is a handball. But then in the run-up, there was an offside that would not have been otherwise reviewable. Oh, so geez. they said, like, yes, Miami handled the ball here, but the Nashville player was offside before, so now we're going to call the offside. Oh my god, I hate that so much. But now, okay, so if you can do this, then, and I realize we're jumping around here, and this is this is I don't, we don't need this, to go through this game. This game yeah, sucks. Sucked. This game is fucking <laughs> brutal. Fair enough. This is if, the review. <laughs> if you can do that, then doesn't this give the VAR officials the ability to stop the game at any point, like? What would stop the VAR officials from stopping the game and saying, hey, on that last tackle, you only awarded a free kick. You did not award a yellow. Check this for violent conduct. And then when they're talking or whatever, it's like, oh, it's not a red, but it's clearly a yellow. Like now everything is reviewable. If you have the ability to say, "Uh, no, not a red, but a yellow, they can stop it for any reason to award a card now. Like that's absurd. Theoretically, they would. But there is like. They are graded on, so you you have to buy into like the integrity of like the grading of the which grading, I don't I do right? not but they would be docked points for improperly stopping play for a review. Yeah, when they when they shouldn't have, Ugh, and this... that that will hit them in the pocketbook, and then also prevent them from like. Advancing from a VAR ref to a to a, to a center ref, but yes, I mean, like, I don't know why on Orlando's goal, like, what what's what stops them from going back and saying, "Oh, Lucho didn't touch that guy," right? Right? He didn't so Orlando he... shouldn't have had a free kick, and they and and without Orlando's free kick, you know, the the ensuing sequence of events. Wouldn't have happened for Orlando to get, a, to get a goal. It really does, like the butterfly effect of refereeing. Just that that just is blown wide open. Which is like, okay, well, on that offside call, what we actually missed was the foul before the pass where he won the ball was actually a yellow card off. And so instead of awarding the handball, and we can ignore the offside, there was actually the foul before that that we should have gone back to review. It's like, where do you stop? It's like the um, it's like White House special prosecutors. It's like they always start off investigating like a property crime in Arkansas. And before you know it, you've got an intern's dress. You're like, yeah, these these are related. This is the same investigation. Don't worry about this. (laughs) Hey, we're just going where the evidence leads us on this. Okay, I just I'm just asking questions. You want me to look at this, but ignore that over there. I'm not going to do that. 
hey, I'm looking at things and I'm seeing things. What do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, it, it is so frustrating that it does feel like every week we do this podcast, I am learning a new way that referees are supposed to be referees. Like, again, if we had just gotten rid of, gotten rid of VAR in this game, Nothing would be different except for Bupenza wouldn't have a weird yellow card and the game would have ended 10 minutes earlier because we wouldn't have just been wasting our time with reviews. I I still don't think it's adding any value to the game. I'll take a blown call here or there because VAR still blows calls. <sighs> yeah, like, I don't, and then they like, score. I don't know what they were. <laughs> right. Like, what was the, what was the value add? of giving Bupenza a yellow card for frankly, like normal (laughs) box conduct and then just rewarding Orlando's player for cynically diving. Right. And we saw that a hundred times this game on corners, guys on both teams falling down, claiming to get hit in the face. And I'm sure some of them were, but we only see one review one time and yeah, uh, it's just so frustrating. In like the fourth minute of stoppage time. <laughs> right, right. right. Like, and it took it, a one long time. It was like time. early in the game and they're like, okay, well, these guys are shithousing too much on corners. Right. We're going to put a stop to it. We're going to go back and find whoever was the worst, uh, whoever was the worst violator on this last play, give him a yellow card and shut it down. Set the tone yeah. going forward. Game's already over, man. <laughs> you've let you've let it get to this. Right. I always love the uh, the yellow card for time wasting for the keeper on the seventh goal kick. It's like, man, you got to do it on the second one. Like, uh, it's just so frustrating. Um, let's talk about this goal, because I think there's a couple of interesting things happening with this goal. And Grayson corrected me right before we hit record here. Uh, this did not lead exactly directly from uh acosta's yellow card although (laughs) according to var maybe we can trace its its roots back to that that call but moreno is what appeared to me fouled but let's just say for the moment is uh is is tackled he loses the ball in midfield and obi is standing with his hand up complaining about that foul and he's basically not in a position to be able to challenge the uh the guy who has the ball who passes it in to i'm not going to remember his name who passes it over to torres but this play is so frustrating because miazga tracks their winger all the way to the end line celentano covers his his near post angle and Hagland and Murphy both think the ball has gone out of bounds. Hagland's sort of in no man's land, just sort of strolling in. And Murphy completely loses Torres in, at exactly the penalty spot, who then taps in a relatively easy goal. And it's just such a frustrating goal after back-to-back bad calls, after Lucho Acosta's phantom yellow card, which we can talk about after this, but... Yeah, just a a shit goal. The ball did look like it was going out of bounds, but but it's man. inexcusable. Like yeah. it's it's a game yep. where they defended well for the most part, but on this one play, in what turns out to be the only goal and only real scoring opportunity of this game for basically either side, yeah. they switched that, off. Orlando had that one later, where I have no idea how they didn't score. Yeah, they hit their own player's hand. I think at the post, it was very weird. The um, but on this goal, it's everybody gets everybody other than Miazga gets caught ball watching. 
and they're watching the ball to see if the ball goes out and no one is playing to the whistle. No one is looking behind them to see the runner. And there are two players that one of the two should have been in position to do something on this play, but they both over pursue. They both ball watch. Nobody goes with the runner and it could not have been an easier finish. It was just comical how wide open Torres was on this play. Yeah, just it's frustrating. Sure. You know, you're, you're going to have this happen at this point, though, in the game. FCC had one Santos's offside goal called back already at this point, which I hate to say it. I've seen the lines from Jonah. He, he was indeed offside. It was very close. Very, very close. Don't don't be wrong. But it, the lines did appear to show him offside. Um, I was surprised. Yeah. I had a pretty good angle of it. Yeah. And I was surprised how certain everybody seemed to be between the defenders and the, and the AR that Santos was offside. Yeah. And it almost felt like a situation where, so Santos makes the run, the defender who's closest to him, who was not the last man. Right. Looks to the AR and talks to him and they seem to acknowledge each other. So he seems to know that the AR is going to call him offside. I don't like that. It almost that. felt like what? What's that? I just, I don't like that. I don't, no, I don't it almost like felt that. like he was like. It almost felt like the AR was taking his cue right. from that defender. <laughs> right. And I would love to hear the audio of that, but like Ugh. it was pretty close. I mean, yeah, yeah. He was he was offside, and we we've all seen the the still images. I'm pretty convinced he was offside. I'm also convinced Derek Etienne was offside last year. Hey. And that, you know, Andrew Gutenman was, was offside last year. <laughs> that and Dick Kevin's foot is not know, three feet long. <laughs> you, you really can't, I guess you can't complain about not getting to keep it a goal where the guy was offside. But right. like, it would be nice to have one of these go our way. Yeah. I'd, I'd we, love we, to come out of one of these games feeling a, yeah, a tinge of guilt that we, we got we one. got one <laughs> I think that the, what was the uh, it was in the open cup wasn't it it was a goal where everyone was that, like everyone in their that, that depends on whether Baji hit the ball or not mm, that's right that's our one we're only allowed to have one in this fan base we got our one <laughs> can, what are you people complaining about in the open we're not cup. allowed to have more uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> I, I I would like to have as many as have gone, <laughs> gone the other way. Us. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, well, you're like gonna get Brenner, nothing like it. Brenner should have like five or six more goals. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's not an exaggeration. I I mean five or six more goals in that NYCFC game alone. I think. <laughs> um. What's his? Uh. J- Joseph Mamey has a whole thread of of Brenner goals that were. Wrongly taken away from us. Yeah. Oh, I think one of them might be an assist. Yeah. But nevertheless, goal contributions, score but sheet, uh, appearances. <laughs> yeah, appearances. Yeah, man, that's I, I think score sheet <laughs> means you scored a goal. But I, we apparently are the only two, two and a half, three people here yeah. that that think that. So, um. I didn't want to who, speak who is for the half chief. person. I didn't want to speak for chief. He looked like <laughs> no. he agreed, but I didn't want. I don't. To no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Like, if you're going to say that an assist gets you on the score sheet, then anything gets you on the score sheet. Fucking <laughs> being in the lineup means you're technically on the score sheet if we're going to get That's real okay. fucking... Uh, 
the assistant referees are on the score sheet. If that's club, the, uh... club trillion is being on the score sheet. <laughs> uh, also, chief, that had to be the first person anybody has called you half of a man. So just <laughs> yes. You're... You normally, yeah, normally count for so a little more. It was fun. More. It was neat. I usually, yeah, I don't, don't usually get to experience that. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's, I don't know how much more to talk about that goal. It sucks, but I still felt like we could have gotten one back. Was ultimately my point about bringing up the, the Santos goal and, and other opportunities that would show I don't later. know. I didn't, like, by I the mean, time. I it wasn't that, our night, but yeah. No, by the time that goal got scored, I just had a really bad feeling about this game with how. Mm-hmm. From moment one, Orlando looked like they had no interest in playing soccer. Yeah. Like this was about as cynical an opponent as I think I've ever seen at TQL Stadium. And that's really saying something yeah. with the aforementioned New York teams having come to town multiple times. I just I was really worried they weren't going to get one because of just how far the officials were letting them go with their 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 bullshit. It just felt the vibes felt off the entire night and I was worried the best yeah. we were going to end up with was a point in this game. Yeah. I mean, given how it ended, I would have taken a draw. I was oh, rooting for a draw. <laughs> no, the other but, the other problem yeah. too last night and it's part of like the bigger sort of thing is that this was yet another game where Brandon Vasquez just no showed the contest. And this was the kind, this was a kind of game where they were begging for a moment of brilliance from mm-hmm. someone. Um, as this game went on, it was already, this game was played in the space, the size of a, of a, of a CVS or a, a, <laughs> a fucking gas station. The, the lines were incredibly compact the entire time Orlando's lines were there were multiple times where Orlando was defending with 10 people in the 18 yard box, not like 10 people behind the ball, 10 people in the 18 because of how just tight they were. And you need in that sort of a situation, you need a moment of brilliance from someone like a Brandon Vasquez where he gets a chaos goal. The ball goes into the box and it it finds the top of his head or he the ball bounces around and he's there to poach and pounce on, on, a, on a strike. And him not being that in this game, which he and he hasn't been that in a, too many games this year is was just a killer. Like they needed something and there was nothing they were getting out of their forwards in this game. Yeah. And this comes the day or the match after I just said Vasquez has always showed up in the big moments for FCC. This this would have been nice to have seen him show up in this one. And we didn't get that. I do want to talk about, though, uh, as the game goes on, Acosta gets his yellow card for nonsense. If VAR can give yellow cards, I would like to think VAR can now take away yellow cards. That feels like a power it should have. Could they have reviewed that for like a red card simulation or something? (laughs) Right. And then taken Acosta's card back. (laughs) And like, again, like it would have been nice to have seen a card somewhere for simulation time wasting i know their their goalkeeper got it but like if you don't want this in your game and i think you know even the 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 purest of pure soccer fans footy fans would not want this type of game in the sport 
You got to punish it. You got to give yellow cards. I'll you even have take to assume that they want it at this point. Right. Like, like it, 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 they can't like not know about it. Right. They don't you do can anything. See what's about happening. It. Yeah. So it's so at this point, it's a, it's a choice. So <sighs> the one that I really want to focus on. Um, Please. So so Lucho's card situation sucks for any number of reasons, because now he will be suspended on card accumulation when this team resumes play against Philadelphia. They have to appeal which, it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going to have to. But I mean, you, as of right now, as of this moment, he will set to be suspended against one of the tougher opponents remaining on FC Cincinnati's schedule, a road match where that game was already going to be hard to get something out of. Now it has become exponentially harder without yeah. Lucho Acosta. But in terms of just this overall, because the rest of the game turns into this, it turns into nothing but a, 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 a flop fest. I have a real, real fucking problem with, was it uh, uh, Jansen, the Jansen, the defender? Yeah. Was where he fakes a concussion injury. Yeah. Which, <clears throat> okay, so this is one where I want to see the talking heads around this league. And there's one specific talking head that really should have a fucking problem with this. And that's Taylor Twelman. And that his big crusade after his career got ruined by concussions was this idea that the league needs to take concussions and head injuries more seriously, which is a good thing. They should mm -hmm. all sports should be paying more attention to head injuries and to the long-term effects of head impacts and not treating those successfully or treating those with the seriousness they deserve. But if you're going to crusade about protecting against head injuries, then people who cynically fake head injuries and injuries to the head as a means of wasting time, that is as bad, if not worse, than people who don't take the injuries seriously. Because now you are attempting to use something that we have all agreed, wait, everything should stop because we're concerned with player safety. You are now using that cynically in order to, to waste time and win games. And that, to me, should be something where if you are found to be faking a head injury specifically, you absolutely there should be long term consequences in terms of suspensions, match bans, yep. whatever, because that has no fucking place in this game whatsoever. You have crossed a fucking line with gamesmanship when you are playing with that, in my opinion. That would be no different, honestly, than faking a heart attack on the field and getting the paramedics down there to try and waste more time that way. There are certain things that go beyond fucking gamesmanship, and this is one of them. Yeah. Uh, I I completely agree with that. Especially, How does that become a thing that you decide to do in the moment? Right. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one. Like especially too with concussions because there are now new rules and I think MLS is a pilot league. I don't think this is a permanent uh, rule change yet, but like they're allowing teams to have concussion subs and things like that. Like once you start really messing with that system, this all gets called into question. That's a huge, huge problem. I completely agree with you, Chief. And then like it was to me, I don't understand how as an official, you don't watch this happen. And so like he's down, he's in the concussion protocol tests. They have the doctors doing everything. He walks off the field like he is seeing stars. He's woozy. Like he had the slowest walk off I've ever seen for an injured player that wasn't carted off on a stretcher. And then as soon as he hits the end line, he just jogging at full speed, doing like the fast steps like he's running through one of those nets that you have to yeah. do in like training camp. Um, 
and he's back on the field 30 seconds later. Like, I'm sorry. If I see that as an official, I'm turning around. And I'm hitting it with the yellow card. That was clearly if you are if you walk like you've been shot in both legs. And as soon as you get off the field, you're immediately back up to full speed to get ready to go back into the game. Yeah, you are a liar. And I'm giving you the card right there. And I'm daring pro referees to do something about it afterwards. Yeah, I mean, like, how long is the statute of limitations for simulation? Right. Like, he clearly faked it. Like, you, you now know that you've seen all the evidence you need to know that he faked this. That is a yellow card offense. You should award it to him. He's earned it. He, he worked very hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> give the man his flowers. And by that, I mean, give him a fucking card for what he's doing. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so at halftime, uh, Mosquera comes in. And my God, have we missed Mosquera? This team is a different team with Mosquera on the field. And I don't think this is a hot take. Uh, I'll have to check in with FCC hot takes on, uh, on X.com later. But... Um, Yursa Mosquera and Bupenza, if they start this game, I think we don't lose this game, mainly because of Mosquera, but also I think Bupenza was better than Santos. The thing about Mosquera that I missed um, is, so every time like a player goes down around him, yes. he like goes, he like walks over, right? Yep. And by all appearances... <laughs> He's just, just like him. checking on the guy, making yeah. sure he's okay, helping it. him up, having a nice little moment. <laughs> but he must be saying something horrendous because because immediately, multi, every every single time, multiple Orlando players would run over ready to fight. <laughs> and there's no visual reason for this. Yeah. Right. And it's not like they do it with every player. Nope. It's not like every time an opponent checks on a guy. A bunch of guys run over ready to fight. It's very it's normal, like, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> it is like they know Mascara <laughs> is going to say something just horrific to this guy, and he's going to headbutt him if they don't get in the way. <laughs> well, M- Mascara needs to work on this in this regard, and that's that he needs to, when he goes over to players to do this, he needs to let his hand down a little bit and at least fake like he's offering him a hand up while he's saying his hand is shit. Because too often Mascara goes over and just leans over with no hand being extended. And in those moments, it absolutely looks like he's giving him the most (laughs) heinous piece of his mind directly in his face while the guy's laying on the ground. So just a little bit more of the acting job to make it look like you're trying to be helpful. You can say whatever you need to say. The body body language just needs to be a little little better in that moment, I think. But even then, like, he doesn't look agitated. And it's not like he's, like, you know, pointing his finger at the guy on the ground or anything like you see other players do. It looks so calm, but yeah, you're right. Like I, I noticed that as well, that like <laughs> other teammates would just come rushing in like a little too fast and would like immediately start a confrontation with Mosquera. And I I did not go back to, to check this exactly, but like maybe that's what led to the red card. Like it was a similar enough situation where like everybody was jostling and, and but like I feel like Mosquera can, can coax coax a red card out of him at some time doing this um so yeah i just such an incredible ball winner so many moments looked like uh you know quickly developing counterattacks for orlando that just ended up with nothing because mosquera is faster than them 
but like moving at half the speed. It's just so, so good to see him back out there. Um, Ian Murphy did fine. I mean, outside of the goal, that was probably his fault in this game. He's been fine in his time filling in for him, but man, there is just, uh, it's going to be so sad to see him go back to the Premier League eventually. I'm just um, happy he's back because I think yes. right before, I think we dropped an episode where I suspected he was much more seriously injured than yes. they were letting on. And then all of a sudden he was back <laughs> at training. Uh, that's fine. Thank God that you know, wasn't true. Thank God that wasn't true. There are sometimes we love to be wrong. Other times we only like it. Um, also coming into the game around the same time. Uh, no, t- about 10 minutes later, Aaron Bupenza comes in for Sergio Santos. Am I crazy in thinking Bupenza had a okay performance? I know a lot of people are, are smashing the panic button. He missed a shot and a very good opportunity, a couple good opportunities, but like, so did everybody. So I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm not panicking as much as other people are on the internet today. Yeah, he had a great opportunity off of the header. That he yeah. sent wide of goal. Yeah. And I think he had a couple of, like, kind of almost... Ooh, he had a bad shots. scuffed <sighs> shot that went wide yeah. when he was basically one-on-one that was, keeper. That's a that tough was, one. Oh, that yeah. was the one that I was thinking of when you were That's like... That's a tough one. I'd forgotten about the header. It was the shot where he was, like, dead center in front of goal and just sort of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He took it with his right foot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um... No, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I thought I thought he looked active and dangerous. I thought the yeah. entire team looked like shit in the second half. Like just there was no one on this team other than like Mascara had like two really good. He had one that I'm thinking of where he just outran a guy who had already beaten him. Yeah. He outran. Got back and, yeah. There, there was. Is that the one where he also like there was one where Miazga was covering a guy. Yeah. And Mascara was like way behind both of them and outran both of them. <laughs> To get yes. the ball. Yeah. And pass the ball to Moscara, which almost felt like an insult. Like, yeah, here, I got this for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is exactly what it was like. It yeah. was like, here, I think he dropped this. Yeah. I got this. Don't worry about it, guys. Um, no, like everybody played, other than Mascara, everybody, you know, nobody covered themselves in glory. This was another mm-hmm. game where quietly you start to worry a little bit because this is another game where Alvaro Barial hasn't looked great. And you wonder mm-hmm. if the minutes are kind of catching up on him to a certain extent. Um, so, no, I'm not going to smash the panic button on Bapenza, But again, you know, not to mm-hmm. harp on this. This is he's a designated player. He was paid and brought yeah. in specifically to win games like this, where yeah. you have an opponent that's bunkering down. That's not offering you a lot of opportunities. You need someone to be special. We talked about with Vasquez earlier. This is another this was an opportunity for him to to justify the wage bill. And it wasn't there. Now, that's not to say he's not going to play well and win games down the stretch that, you know, secures the shield or secures playoff wins. But as of right now, he's just not delivering on what the expectations are for a designated player. I don't think that that's a hot take. I don't think that that's a to say he will never or this is a bust of a signing, but as of right now, he's not doing what you need a player in his salary spot and in his position to do. And that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'll agree with that. Um, I did like to see 
you know, Grayson, you mentioned him being lively. Like he was, and we did, we did mention this before, but like he was very active with Lucho. Like he was, there was a lot of, of, uh, passing back and forth there. The attack did look a little more fluid with him in there, uh, which was nice. Kubo as well had a very strong performance when he came in for Vasquez, like based on this game alone and maybe last game as well. I wouldn't hate a Bupenza Kubo starting strike partnership in the next game. I mean, it's Philly, so maybe not the next one, but I wouldn't mind seeing that at some point in the near future. I think they could I think they could work well together. Yeah, I, I like that when else. Kubo enters the game, he gets a massive Yeah. Massive cheer from the from the fans. <laughs> it's just funny, like and I, I love the guy. It's just funny how universally popular he is. Versus yeah. like <laughs> his, his output. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, There's very much like a Ryan Friel effect salary. going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, these people don't know how much he makes. Um, what was I going <laughs> to say? No. He's hust- he uh, seems like he hustles a lot. We love that in Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, before this, the, I, I don't know how much more I want to talk about this game, but the, the last sort of point that I had circled on this, what do mm-hmm. we make of the early pull of Vasquez in this game? Because I can't remember him being mm-hmm. pulled off a game this early since he became FCC's Brandon Vasquez, if that makes sense. I completely agree with you. I, I had the same thought as well during the game, which is we we saw it, saw it especially during the Brenner era of FCC, where Brenner looked like the better striker out there for most of the game, but then Brenner would be the one subbed out at around you know, 65, 70 minutes, and Vasquez would continue on the rest of the game. And it didn't make sense. <laughs> like, he really wanted to see, like, a Santos-Brenner partnership during those times. And, yeah, like, that continued all the way up to where he became virtually our, our only goal-scoring threat uh, up top. And, yeah, I think it is telling that, like, Vasquez doesn't have the unlimited leash, I think, that he had earlier this year. And I don't know. Maybe maybe we find out he got, you know, horribly maimed in this game and we'll find out moments before the Philadelphia game. But I I do think it's worth noting. Um, also in this one, Halsey came in, had a moment late in the game to score a goal. It went just wide. And I tell you what, if he had scored it, I would have bought a kit with Halsey <laughs> on the back because uh, he was so close is, to becoming a legend. This is not... <laughs> This is now two games since Kevin has said in ink, write his name in the starting lineup for next year, where he has had excellent opportunities to score. Hasn't done it. So what you're saying is he is the Barrio replacement. <laughs> Sir, uh, how dare you? <laughs> um, no, just a, a frustrating end to the game there. I am seeing on MLS's website, Aaron Bupenza, yellow card, 94th minute, other reason <laughs> so they don't even know what he got a card for <laughs> others have violent conduct that is a thing that they will put on the website not him so ah <laughs> oh, great the only other time i remember that was when uh, matt miazga got a yellow for other reason that i think was just complaining to the ar uh in a game earlier this year um so there you they go sh- they we should won- list for some of these yellow card parentheses he deserved it <laughs> It was kind of big. He, he, he knows what he did. <laughs> he, had, he had it coming. 
Uh, we end the game with more possession, more shots, more shots on goal, more passes, higher passing accuracy, more crosses, more duels won, and not a win. So there you go. That's that's your that's your button on this game. This episode is also brought to you by Sensi Shirts. Look, you know Sensi Shirts, you love Sensi Shirts. They've been with FCC from the beginning, and we here at the Postcast, we're just huge fans of their work. They were very early sponsors of the Postcast here, and we have always enjoyed their work. If you head on over to CincyShirts.com, that's Cincy with a Y, Shirts.com, and check out using the promo code ThePostCincy, all one word, all caps, you will get 10% off your order and you let them know that we sent you. Like they have MLS and MLSPA licensed FCC gear available online and at their two retail locations in Hyde Park and Fort Mitchell. If they don't have your size on the shelf, they can print you one on the spot. That is a fantastic feature and something that I have used as well. So again, special thank you to Cincy Shirts. Head on over to their website or check the link down below in the description for the promo code, the post Cincy, for 10% off your next order. And a huge thank you to Cincy Shirts. Uh, FCC is off. For a good long while, uh, the next game, I believe, is September 16th. That is Saturday, September 16th. We'll take the international break off. Uh, they will. We won't. In some way, shape, or form, the postcast will be with you all along the way. Um, but if you were table watching last night, it was a bit of a mixed bag, but overall, I'd say pretty positive. Uh, we remain 10 points ahead of second place in the Supporter Shield. Maybe the downside there is there are now three teams tied for second place in that Supporter Shield, one of them being the New England Revolution with a game in hand. However, Orlando City, New England Revolution, St. Louis City, all on 47 points. We were lucky enough to see St. Louis lose to Sporting Kansas City, which did not feel like it would be possible about a month ago. It very much happened uh, this weekend. Uh, Columbus also beat Montreal pretty handily. Uh, they are at 45 points, which is just annoying. I just don't like that they're doing well in our good year. Um, probably not enough to catch us, but... If 47 is enough to worry about, I feel like he could throw 45 in there to worry about as well. Um, anything on the table or the Supporter Shield race overall that we want to touch well, on? Well, Philly Philly plays today. That's true. Philly has two is technically has two games in hand. Yeah. Um, they'll have one, but if they win both of their games in hand, that puts them, I think, eight mm -hmm. behind us. Yes. So Philly is, you know, somebody to keep in mind and obviously they're our next opponent and we yeah. play them without unless something changes without lucho yeah. which last year we went to philly without lucho got a draw tied them yeah so you know all is not lost but yeah leon Tight. flock who scored uh <laughs> scored against us in the playoffs is i believe out for the year Good? No, I'm not know. saying <laughs> good. Not good, but just just stating 
True things. <laughs> uh, that leaves us with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left. Philadelphia certainly looks like the toughest remaining opponent, with the possible exceptions of Inter Miami and Atlanta to end the season. Otherwise, after Philadelphia, it is Montreal, Charlotte, Toronto, and New York Red Bulls. Red Bulls is at least at home. It's a solid stretch to try to fix fix some issues yep. going into some must win games. So um and there you go. I think that's a postcast, gentlemen. Is there anything else to uh to touch on? It'd be oh, really nice to, to wrap up. Oh yeah. Oh, congrats to Roman on his new contract. Yep. Um we did find out that he did not have a three year guaranteed deal as had been previously reported. And he had yeah. a two year guaranteed deal. So which means that um he was going to be on a senior roster spot next year, mm-hmm. regardless. Um, and his new contract kicks in after this year. So, yes, there will be a salary bump they'll have to account for in the, in the roster budget. But um, since he was not going to be, since he was going to be on a senior roster spot, because Generation of Jesus players, um, they are on the senior roster during their um, option years um it it doesn't change anything from a roster standpoint just you know uh he'll eat up a little bit more salary budget than he would otherwise but i don't think anybody um is going to be complaining about locking roman up through 2027 it also answers our brett halsey question yes where um he must have been on the same deal a two-year guarantee and rsl did not want to move him onto their senior roster. Yeah. Which, you which, know, their loss. Their loss makes a tiny bit more sense, at least yep. from their perspective, yeah, that they didn't just give up a free year of a very serviceable MLS player. Yeah. Because um, we, yeah. we, we've, um, we, I assume, have signed him to like a, like a minimum deal. Mm-hmm. I assume he's not taking up a senior roster sp- spot for us. Yeah. That wasn't really an option for RSL because they had to decline his option. Okay. But then he's not a free agent. Right. He then, when players options get declined, they go through the, um, the, you know, waiver. re-entry yeah. draft. So there's a whole <laughs> process. So then he, you know, they lose the ability to just control that player yeah. after that. Yeah, folks. If you, wanna... you were, if you thought you were getting out of this episode without some MLS roster minutia, you thought wrong. <laughs> You're listening to the wrong podcast. Uh, I will throw out there though: Roman's getting a pay raise. However, if the rumors out there are true that the salary cap will be increasing percentage-wise, he may not actually be taking up any more space than he would have been with his option, depending on how large the salary cap grows so could be a very clever deal if albright knows what the future salary cap is ahead of time and is playing as yeah, he's not, close to the vest i wouldn't say he's been you know 100 percent perfect on right. this but i generally trust chris albright with salary numbers and yeah signing players to deals where they're not you know, hampering our ability to sign other players. So I'm 
if Chris Albright's comfortable with whatever salary Roman um, extended for, then, you know, good, good enough for me. Where Chris goes one, we go all. I think this well, we, we go all right. We go all right. Damn, is right there. <laughs> disavow. I disavow. This is a slogan. Oh man, White squall bright. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, with that, Chief, send us into the the abyss that is the international break. Fuck Columbus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cincy Postcast, which is a production of The Post Cincy. You can check us out at thepostcincy.com for all of our written content, as well as links to our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, and as well, you can join us on our Discord server. You can find links to that server both in this episode description as well as on our website. That is where most of our conversations are going on. We have a lovely community there talking about FC Cincinnati, MLS, anything and everything else and everything in between. We also want to give a huge thanks to Jim Trace and the Makers for providing all of the music you've heard throughout this episode. They're an amazing local Cincinnati band. Again, more information about them is in the description of this episode. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, and you've made it to the end, so I'm going to assume you liked it, or you just can't reach your stop button, please like us, review us, subscribe to us, wherever you are getting your podcasts, that is going to be really, really helpful. But more importantly, share this with a friend. A personal recommendation helps sped a podcast so much further. So please share this if you know somebody in your life who's an FC Cincinnati fan, an MLS fan, somebody that you think would enjoy this, pass it on over. Thank you so, so much again for listening. It blows me away that people continue to listen to us. And thank you so, so much again.